This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show, broadcasting from the major mortgage man cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, happy whatever today is, Thursday. It is the Jason Walker Show, and we are presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle. It is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave today. We're going to talk to Mickey Lament. No, we're going to talk to Lockwood. It's a country singing group. Lockwood or Lockland. I don't know. I don't know what their name is, but they're going to be on the show today. I think it's Lockland. They're pretty cool dudes. We're going to chat with them. Oh. I get all excited when I have actual live people to talk with in the studio, so that is uh, why I'm always nervous. Also, Jack Hanna with some disturbing news today, his family, and uh, going to share some Jack Hanna memories. He's still alive, but uh, some disturbing news. And also, Raleigh Worcester enters the transfer portal. Dude just can't figure out any anything to keep him happy. Uh, so that is where we're at. I don't know what buttons I'm pushing. We're just all over the place, but we're going to have fun. We're going to start the show by welcoming in, um, to the major mortgage man cave famed PRCA award-winning trick rider. Is that what I can call you? Yes, I guess so. (laughs) It is Madison McDonald Thomas. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm great. It is, uh, it's been like two years since we chatted and there's been a lot of life changing, including you moving from up north to Helena. (laughs) (laughs) I know I've kind of been all over the place. I've been getting a lot of jokes since I moved here because I still got Texas plates on my truck and (laughs) my stock trailer has Alberta plates and everybody's like, you just can't decide where you want to live. I'm like, no, I think we finally found a home base for a second anyways. (laughs) Why Helena? You know, that's been the number one question in the last six months and um, between me and my husband. And uh, honestly, kind of spur of the moment, it wasn't something that was necessarily talked about. Me and my husband, we've been together since 2014. And as you know, driving from Texas to Alberta every year, you go through Montana. And um, Keegan is uh, West Texas, born and raised. And when he came up to the mountain, he's always loved Montana, um, fell in love with Alberta but has always loved Montana. And I remember years ago when we were driving through, I said, what in the world are we going to do in Montana? <laughs> like, why would we even move there? And um, But we've always loved it, always talked about it. And then um, 2017, when we really started rodeoing a lot harder, uh, we were always we're staying up here, leaving horses here. I would leave horses here a bunch and go back to Alberta because it was easier than always crossing them. Uh And then I guess at the end of the day, because I'm from Alberta, all my connections and stuff, I'm always up north rodeoing in the summer. So pretty much from May to October, we were always north. And finally, this year, when COVID hit and crossing the border became a lot more difficult, 
uh, we kind of had to make a decision, you know, because going up to Alberta was getting to be tough because we couldn't really work up there, and we were still working down here. So, honestly, I don't know why exactly Helena. We were just here. We've got a lot of friends here. I've been performing here on and off since 2010. I went back and looked. So... <laughs> Like, you know, over you think about it over the years, you get, that's a lot of connections that you make. And, uh, we've, I've been to, I think, every single city, city in this state, and it's still, this is the one that we've, we've always loved. And so we're just thankful that it's all worked out so far. And yeah, we've, we've loved it. We're, we're so thankful. It's honestly kind of a blessing in disguise, but it's been, it's been an amazing six months so far. Madison McDonald Thomas, our guest here. So you and I first met two years ago yeah, at the Stampede. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even, it was my fault because I didn't reach out really to you. I reached out to your friend, little Piper, that was performing <laughs> with you. Um, but it was a great time because it, it was hot. It's mm-hmm. always hot to stampede, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, but uh, how, how have you, I mean, it's it's tough. Those last two years have, have been really, really tough since we met because of COVID and because of everything. You know, uh, it really was. I got spoiled in 2019. It was by far my best summer of my best summer of my career. I was on the road from pretty much the start of May to the middle of October every weekend. Um, I got to see some amazing country, made more money than I ever thought I'd ever make trick riding and uh, had a blast. And then to go from such a high like that to then in 2020, we started out the same way. I hit Denver, San Antonio, and then had a full schedule again and about to see a repeat of 2019. And then to just to start seeing everything crumble it was hard um, because it is our livelihood, so it was very difficult. My husband and I are lucky that we do have our irons in different fires, so we can keep ourselves always busy. We always somehow stay busy. And I actually, I think my students and clients were very happy because I got to spend a lot more time teaching um, this year than I normally have ever got to spend because when I travel and stuff, I don't get to have as much time for my kids. So that was, um, I know, made a lot of people happy, but It was tough. I was very thankful. You know, um, like I said, we came up here, and I think that was a big blessing because Big Timber went. So Big Timber filled my schedule. Libby Libby grabbed me because I was up here. There wasn't a lot of acts that were traveling, but I still had – Probably about a handful of rodeos go through. I went to Nephi, Utah twice, Salt Lake City, Dodge City, Kansas. So I had a few pull through. Uh, Big Timber really did fill in my schedule. And it was just enough to kind of – you know chug along but like i said oh my goodness once everybody got wind that covid and hit that all my rodeos were canceling and they had all these kids at home because they were homeschooling i my phone went off the (laughs) hook for lessons and teaching and so you know i'm very blessed that i've got that to to help me and back me up as well you do have uh was it helena tonight and then tomorrow and then you head off to malta is that right yes uh actually i think today i've got off but tomorrow i'm teaching and then um i head to malta for for two days and then yeah i'm back here monday teaching um, i'll probably teach for about four hours monday afternoon just to try to get everybody in because i leave for two weeks so that kind of throws everybody for a loop especially since i've been i've been here and i've been so available now with how my summer's looking which i'm thankful we're getting booked up so uh 
yeah, it'll be a busy summer back on the road. So do you do, uh, when you're on the road and performing at, at rodeos, do you also do lessons in between? I try not to. Okay. Um, I teach a little bit. I'm very selective. I get so tired when we start <laughs> performing, and it's the driving and the traveling is sure. really what wears you on. I'm kind of ex- really excited for this summer because now that we have a home base up here, it's going to make my whole driving and traveling a lot easier because I don't have anything. I don't think over a 15 hour drive this year. And that's like really (laughs) exciting because normally it's always 20 hours here, you know? And so this year it's uh, not going to, I don't think be as bad. So I'm pretty excited about living up here because everything's closer and I get to actually come home during the week. So I told everybody here that I'll continue my Helena lessons. I don't think I'll travel as much and do clinics. I try to just if I'm there and people want to come in like the day after, if I'm somewhere and I, I'll teach something the day after. But once I get into the summer and performing, it's tough. And I've got another goal. I've got a really good barrel horse. So I've Ooh. I've always kind of competed on the side, but I've, it's tough to do the two because, you know, as a contestant, you go to three to four rodeos in a weekend and I'm only at one. So right. it's tough to be competitive. But now that I'm up here, I'm dang sure going to. I'm going to try. So <laughs> I told everybody, I said, once June hits, my lessons are going to get slow pretty down. slow down. Yeah. And then once October, you know, hits again, as end of September, well, I can't even say I'm booked every weekend in September. So it'll be October by the time I'll be able to start back up again. Which is awesome. Um, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So when you, okay, it's hard to barrel race though during a competition because you're usually somewhere in, in right around barrel racing, right? Yeah, it makes the thing. It makes it pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so can you barrel race in your trick riding costumes? You know, everybody always <laughs> dares me to, and I can't do it because I, I'm still a competitor, and right. I've, I've always been like that. I loved competing. When I was in high school rodeo, trick riding was kind of the sideline for me. Um, I did all five events, made it to nationals. I really loved it, and then... Once I started going to the NFR, you know, you, you got to pick and choose. And that's what me and Ty Erickson were even talking about the other day. It's how much effort you put in, you know, into it. And at the end of the day, trick riding took off for me. So right. it was one of those things where I had to make a choice. And um, I put all my ducks in the basket with trick riding because at the end of the day, I can run barrels till I'm 60, but I'm probably not going to hang off the side of the horse <laughs> when I'm about 50 plus. I just, you know, I've always told myself that there's going to be a line when I'm not going to make myself do it. So I was like, you know, but I still, I'm t- I'm a competitor. So yeah. it's really hard for me not to, but honestly, normally I'll run in slack. My husband rides saddle bronc, so I do get lucky and I will enter with him and drop in the perf. And there's been a few times, um, I can say the, <laughs> a couple of times, sometimes they're generous and they'll move my trick riding ahead. Oh, so okay. I have a couple events, but some rodeos, like Hand Hills, Alberta, I'll never forget it. I literally got out of the arena from performing, found my biggest pair of jeans and shirts, put it over my trick riding outfit, jumped on my barrel horse, and had to go and ran and smoked a run, too. And I was like, man, I really need to start doing it this way more often. Sure. Less time to think. <laughs> but that's usually how it happens when I enter with my husband because okay. I always get the purse. And then, yeah, they put trick riding right Right before barrels, usually. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Madison McDonald Thomas, our guest here, Jason Walker show. She is a, a, an award-winning PRC trick rider. How many times have you gone to the NFR? Uh, nine times um, in Las Vegas. I didn't get to do the main NFR this year, but I did perform at the Breakaway NFR. Okay, right. And then um, I honestly had a different 
hat. I carried sponsor flags this year. They were short girls last minute, and because of COVID, with all the restrictions and getting your credentials and the whole procedure, because I was there, um, they asked me, and yeah, so I got to be a part of it again this year inside Globe Life, and it's just, you know, anytime you can be a part of that event, it's pretty special. What was the biggest difference in between Vegas and Globe Life? Uh, lots of things. Uh, <laughs> without, really without the crowd, too. It was very tough. Uh, some people really enjoyed being able to see everything. Um, for the rest of us, it was kind of hard because you, you can never hide. You know, you're, you're always in the limelight. Um, contestants warming up, everything. Like, mm. you can't really, you don't really get out of that atmosphere. And that's one thing that I know as a competitor and even as you just being in there sometimes, it's nice to, you know, be able to kind of, get out of that atmosphere for a second, but some people really loved it and thrived on it. Um, the biggest thing with Texas to Vegas, I think, because we lived in Texas and I know Dallas and Fort Worth like the back of my hand now, is is the distance, you know? Like, you go to Vegas and everything is within a mile. Uh, you can go to all the events. You can go to the barrel racing, the team ropings. You can go to everything and the Cowboy Christmas and stuff. And that was something when we were down in Arlington, it was 30 minutes to Cowboy Christmas and like, you know, and it was a hike and you had to pay for parking everywhere. And so for us, we just stayed in Arlington. Like it was almost too much to start driving around to get to go to everything. And, and we know that state, that city, right. you know, really well too. So that was the big thing for me. I, I think we just get spoiled in Vegas for everything. You can get to everything in one day. Right. And, Bless the contestants, if they actually had to do autograph signings and having to, because all that was canceled this year because of COVID, but if they actually had to do all those sponsor interactions and stuff, it would have been long days. It was a lot of driving back and forth. So I think that was the main difference. But other than that, it did they did an amazing job. They really did with what they had. They put on a really good, they they did a really good job. You know what was cool, too, is once the Cowboy Channel figured out it's, I mean, oh, we had problems opening night, but the stream was awesome. And showing the opening ceremonies, oh, it's 15 a nice change. minutes before, that is so cool because, I mean, we've been to a ton of rodeos. That is, the, you know, the, the grand entrance is, is one of the best awesome things in, the, in rodeo. The flag, I mean, everything. And the, the fact that they showed it all. Really, I th- hope they do that again when they get to Vegas. I do, too, because uh, that's been the biggest problem is that's where I always perform. So for the last nine years, everybody's like, I've never got to see you. And I'm like, well, because I was <laughs> at the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, so that's always been the biggest, you know, the biggest thing. So I'm hoping maybe this year, I, I know why they did it is because they always wanted to try to get people in the stands. They mm-hmm. wanted to leave a little bit of suspense. But then also, too, there's a lot of people that will never get there. Right. So it is nice for even like someone like me who's been there nine times and people are like i've never seen you and i'm like well that's because you got to come at 6 45 like <laughs> i'm at in between 6 45 and 7 once 7 hit because they don't have time with the commercial breaks they don't mm-hmm. run any of that extra stuff during the show so i'm hoping if i get to go back this year um I hope that they get to do the opening so then people will get to actually see what see everything right well and if you're at the if you're going to thomas and mac you just you know, forego that last beer pregame, go in and watch the, the opening ceremony. Exactly. That's what I tell everybody. You have to go at 645 because <laughs> anybody that ever comes to watch me, I'm like, you, if you get there at 650, you're going to miss it. Like, yeah. you, you got you to gotta, you gotta get there, unfortunately, and they don't show it much. And, you know, and I think it is a good thing because I've had more people compliment about watching the opening, and I, I hope that's something that they do take into account for this upcoming NFR. I hope so too, and like I said, I mean, it was uh, it was pretty darn awesome when uh, 
when we got to watch it. All right, so how are you chosen for the NFR? Uh, it's a selection process. They, which, so every year we get a, actually I have to do it, but they send us an email out and we have to apply to all the events that we want to. We have to apply if we want to be um, nominated for Act of the Year and all that stuff. And then we apply to the circuit finals that we want to get looked at and then the NFR and then those places will get presented a list and then they'll go through and, um, kind of like a round table. We kind of vote and on it, it's a little bit different where like the bullfighters and the clown, they sometimes are the bullfighters get selected by the bull riders and stuff like that. This is a little different. It's kind of more personal preference because at the end of the day, they need something that fits their production. You know, they don't do a normal rodeo setup where they have a, you know, three to four minute act break. Um, I was like at the NFR at the breakaway finals, we had a five minute break where they needed a filler. So we were able to do a full act, but normally when I'm at the NFR, I'm in the arena for 45 seconds. And my husband always laughs at me because it's like a two hour prep for this 45 second (laughs) three lap thing around the arena. And he's like, you do realize how much time we did. And I'm like, I know, but it's the pictures and it's the camera. And you're like, you know, that 45 seconds is it's a lot of work. But um, that's the biggest difference is when it goes through that, it's a kind of a selection process. And, and for me, uh, I've been there now for nine years, and they they can pretty much just they don't have to worry about me. And I think that's why I keep going back is I I don't I haven't messed up. Knock on wood. Um, I've had very smooth shows. I I just I kind of just do what they want, and um, that's something that. The rodeo, the NFR is such a big production to put on. There's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. That's why Sean brings back the same people. That's why the same people usually do come back because you don't have to train anybody. You don't right. have to worry about them. They, you can put them in their pay, place. You can tell them what they want, what you want, and then they'll produce it. And that's what he wants, and that's what he's always wanted. And um, I giggle. I think they got lucky, and they caught me at a very young age because they <laughs> caught me at 18. And I s- never said no. Yeah. They would give me an idea. They said, could you pull this off, like running my horse around the pyro? Literally feels like it's World War II and they're blowing up. Like, there's just pyro oh, everywhere, man. the lights, the um, the lasers. Like, what I make my horses run through is kind of, I can't believe they actually do it for me sometimes. But I never said no, and um, I th- I know that's one thing that they don't like that word. You say no, <laughs> and they kind of write you off. Yeah. And I giggle all the time. I said, "You guys just caught me when I think young and yeah, invincible, you sure. know." And now I look at what they've allowed me, like kind of grew me into, and it, it's kind of it's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so you mentioned knock on wood, no big accidents. Um, you put on Facebook the other day. You almost smoked your husband. I'm showing it now. (laughs) I did. We've had a lot of me and him have a lot of close calls. (laughs) I'm just really glad it's him on the end of that day. It's actually funny. So usually I always get the bullfighters to do that um, because you think, you know, that's their job, right? And some bullfighters are amazing at it and then i've have a few that are they're really good friends of mine but they're scared to death and i giggle like cody webster best he was just nominated best bullfighter of the year he just won bullfighter of the year this last year and he is scared to death to stand on that end of that trick tape like he stood on there the day before and he was just shaking like a leaf and (laughs) 
him and Keegan will joke around all the time. And I guess Keegan said that he was kind of busting his bubble before he went in there and oh, then about so got karma. taken out. Oh, yeah. And it's just so funny because, you know, it, it, it's a scary, it's a tough position. Um, because you can't move, because like, you can't move too soon. If you move right. too soon, you can get us hurt. But if they don't move soon enough, then, you run them over, but you can tell. Like I at least bent my knee. Like I, no, I tried yeah, to no, save them. <laughs> uh, you, the horse, and your husband all survived. Yes, which we is did. A, which is a good. Thing. Did you get okay? So if something like that happens, do you go back to the trailer afterwards and decompress and be like, dude? What? <laughs> no, I want. We actually we talk about it because he knows my horses, and that's he. That horse is older, so he knows the game. And the hardest part is when I'm in those dark arenas; they can't see, and okay. if they don't shine the spotlights right, those horses run blind a lot of the mm. time until they can kind of catch a glimpse. And by the end of that show, they finally put a spotlight on Keegan, so the horses could actually see him. Well, that was nice. But no, like Keegan and I will talk about it. Like I, don't, I remember it vividly because I told him when we because we set my tricks like I set my lineup and especially with who I'm riding with it depends on what tricks I get to do and I always pick last so whatever's available is kind of what I get to go with and uh, it also depends on how you don't have a lot of time to switch and grab straps too so you kind of have to pick your tricks where you can have time to get your feet in the right straps and blah 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 so anyways that trick in particular, your strap is so low, it's hard to get it halfway through the show, and it's kind of one of those ones that it's always a jaw-jopper when you come running in in it. But the downside is is that your horse does that. And I told him, I warned him, because I was having trouble all week getting that horse to the end of that arena because he didn't like that dark house. He didn't like it down there. And I kept telling him, I said, you better be ready. I said, this one's <laughs> he's going to get you. And he said, well, just get him in there and set him on the wall and, you know, and I did, and I even waited two or three strides, but he, nope, he was he was going for him. And Keegan, you'll watch at the end of that video, he kind of does a little tiptoe, mm -hmm. and it's because my toe hit him, and he thought it was Vegas. He thought he was done. Like, he thought for sure he was getting run over. Smacked. He's oh, like, geez. he came out of the arena, he's like, when you hit me, I so thought that was your horse. He's like, I thought I was dead at that moment. <laughs> well, I'm glad so, everybody was okay. Oh, yeah, just a giggle. You so. know what's funny, and I've been on the, on the back of the shoots, when you've performed in Helena and you know it's usually like I said before an event so you've got cowboys right there on the shoot you've got everybody getting you know ready whether it's saddle bron whatever it is yeah and everybody's getting ready and you can hear you going around yelling <laughs> at the cowboys like get out of the way I've uh well because you know you don't want to hurt any of them and a lot of them getting kind of their own little la la land when they get in the arena and it's honestly the worst ones are our friends, and those are the ones that know better. Because in Sandpoint, Idaho, one of Keegan's best friends that I've known forever, and he's held tape for me and stuff too, he was like walking along the bucking shoes and stopping and looking at me, and I literally had to like yell at him. I'm like, get out of my way. Like, I don't want to, I'm going to kill you. And it's because my horses, they, they aren't forgiving, and yeah. they kind of, my black horse will move, but if I'm on my yellow horse, no. He won't move. Like, if you're in his way, he'll mow you down. So normally what I'll do, if I, <laughs> I'll stick my foot out sometimes on the buck and shoots, and I'll yell at him and kind of tap all of the cowboys and be like, just it's just a heads up. Because yeah. if if they trip or stumble my horse or we collide when I'm in a trick, like, it, it, it takes two seconds. Like, you know, we... 
we take advantage of what I what we do, the trick riding, but I've seen some crazy things over the years and I know how fast and it takes one wrong step on that horse and we can be in a pretty big wreck pretty sure. quick. Can you stick around for a second? Yeah, for right. sure. We'll come back. Madison McDonald Thomas is joining us. So I, we're going to work on getting Facebook up and running. I don't know what's going on there. But, <laughs> um, but we'll get her back, and uh, she's going to go to a sip of water and check her, her messages from her rock star people friends. Um, maybe we can get Cody Webster. But we, there is there is funny stuff. We go back to Cody Webster. When we come back, I want to talk about it because bull riders and bullfighters are afraid of horses. A lot of them. And that's not a joke. It's really true. And we'll talk about it when we come back. And also, how do you get into the game of trick riding? That's next. This is the Jason Walker Show. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show, Little McBride and the Ride from the Sacred Ground album, 1992. That is Trick Rider. It's a great song. And it just made me think of our guest who's sticking around in the major mortgage man cave, Madison McDonald Thomas. It's a great song. Um, okay, Madison, I got to ask you this. Um, how do you, why, how? I mean, why did I start this crazy adventure? Yeah. At <laughs> what age are you sitting there going, you know what? I think I want to hang off the side of a horse. I was four. 
I know. (laughs) (laughs) I started when I, so my mom used to work for the Calgary Stampede back in the day and used to produce the Wild West shows for corporate events or corporate companies, I should say. And, um, so she started taking me when I was itty bitty to these and my mom was all about, it it was a show. So there was no roping. It was, um, I think she just had Bronx and bulls, barrels, trick riding, and uh, she did a cutting horse demonstration and then did, like, a little fun little gunfight deal, and that was it. And the trick riding and the barrel racing always stuck out to me, and I always said that, I don't know, I guess, the f- I think, like, any young girl, it's the flashy costumes, the fast horses, you know, and I don't know. I never gave up on it. Like, I kept bugging them and bugging them, and like any parent at that age, they just kind of shrug their shoulders, like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I think... I was, I think about, oh, I can't even remember. I think it was six or seven. They took me to Nikki Kamart at the time. She's Nikki Flunger now. And just let me kind of sit on the saddle, stand up in it, do some of the stuff, just to see if I would even, like, enjoy it. And sure. uh, still kept bugging them after that. And then when I was six years old, they finally got me in lessons. Um, because my mom, I was very fortunate because she worked for Calgary, and she hired the trick riders, so she had a lot of the contacts. So, uh, we brought one lady out of retirement, Jerry Deuce, and uh, there was actually a couple other girls up there at the time that were interested in it, too. So she started teaching us. So it was three of us at the time that started our little group, and the three grew to 17 and grew to 20. Wow. I don't know. It just kept growing and uh, kind of broke off, and we kind of went off and into different groups up there and that's why my dad would always giggle like you shake a trick ride, a tree and 20 trick riders would come out in Alberta because it was true it just it was a sport that just it blew up and uh like I said earlier I didn't I trick rode a lot during like junior high and high school but it wasn't always my main focus like I said I spent a lot more time um, roping and doing my uh, rodeo events because I was pretty dedicated to high school rodeo. I, I trick rode once a week. I, I did the shows that came, but it wasn't really a huge focus. It was something that was always in the back of my head. I drove to California once a year uh, to get training down there and learned from a fellow there, and he completely changed my world. Tad Griffith, it was his, it was his name, and he took my trick riding to a whole new level, and then. <clears throat> It was kind of, it's funny how life all works out. You know, I graduated in 2011, and the year that I graduated high school, I got a phone call to go work the NFR, and worked the NFR, but I also got an opportunity that that January to do the Fort Worth Stock Show. So I moved to California right after I graduated and moved in with my instructor and just started prepping because that's who I was riding with at Fort Worth and just started prepping for Fort Worth and got to do the NFR and that's a hundred percent reason why my trick riding took off. Like as soon as I graduated high school, I didn't get the, I could have got rodeo scholarships. I had some, but my, how do you turn, you don't turn down the NFR. And then when all those opportunities Fort Worth and, and then I started really creating a name for myself down here in the States, it just kind of just slowly just grew. And, And I'll be honest, it doesn't happen overnight. I teach that and preach that 20 times over to my, um, to my students because, you know, everybody thinks it's an overnight success, but it, it was seven years of me even performing at the NFR till I had a real full summer of rodeos, you okay. know, like it, you still have to prove yourself in this industry. You still got to make a name for yourself, even though you may be hired at the top. 
um, there's still a lot of people, other other people you got to prove yourself to. And now I'm at the point in my career where I don't have to call anybody for a show. You know, everybody, I've made a very well-known name for myself. So if they want a trick rider, they, they know who to call. And it, it's amazing to see how many years of hard work and, you know, and lots of summers where I'm scraping by, but still trying to be determined to stick on this path and <clears throat> maybe only getting four or five six pro rodeos in the year and then now looking at what I do compared to and you know you got to go through the hard times to get to the good times and I kept looking you know I'm thankful for the NFR if if it wasn't probably for the NFR keeping me on them and keep hiring I don't know if I would have probably stuck with it because I did have a couple years where rodeos were few and hard to come between now I look at it I'm like oh my gosh I need two of me (laughs) (laughs) well you've got a little one um, Piper, not, not you, but you, little uh, little Piper, yep. who is following in your footsteps. She was here uh, at the Stampede two years ago, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but she lost her horse this year. She did. Uh, she, I, freak accident, honestly. How that horse? I he got a a cut in his tongue, which turned into a major infection, which just then, you know, like it's kind of crazy how these animals are so fragile. You don't think that they are, but little things like that. And they did everything they could because that horse is kind of enterprise and joy. And um, he was a rock star pony. So that was tough. Um, she went, had a little accident herself last summer as well. So it was kind of a tough loss, a very hard loss, even trying to get through San Antonio. It, it's not the same for her. So it's going to take a second for us to find another partnership like that. She's got some older boys that are helping her get through it right now, but it's, it's not definitely not the same. And, and that's why I keep telling them like, you know, it's, it's tough. This It's, it's a tough game that you get into with this industry and these horses, especially trick riding horses like I just you know what I just did to save mine Um, but I've had him for 16 years you know I've I've he's been to every NFR the amount of kids that can perform on him I still perform on him you know so it's one of those things where these horses in this industry the trick riding not any horse can do this and when they get to the level that where I'm at and if I can trust them and do what I do they're they're pretty uh, pretty valuable Madison McDonald Thomas our guest here Jason Walker show um is there another Piper in the wings? I hope so. I got a little girl here um, that's kicking butt. Uh, she's a gymnast and loves horses, and she's doing awesome. And, and that's what I tell everybody. I giggle because I said I'm 28 now, so I'm not old, but in the trick riding world, I'm starting to get on the older side of things. And it, if you think about it, oh, my goodness, I've been doing it since I was six. So my <laughs> poor body is starting to go, okay, daddy, any day now. Yeah. You know, and I, I love it. I don't think I'll ever give it up now. It's too easy for me. I've been doing it for so long. I, I just, just, I just go and do it. You know, I don't really have to think about it. And but I just gave a big spiel to my girls a couple weeks ago because that's the reason why I teach is I have set a very high bar in, in this industry and uh, I have taken the trick riding to a whole new level. But that's also why I teach it is because I need to make another me at the end of the day. Like I, you know, I, I've created this industry and I want people, I want it to survive. I want the sport to keep going. It's a beautiful sport. Uh, it's just a lot of hard work and determination. And it takes a special kid to to really want to do it you know a lot of kids get into it and I promote every kid to try it at some point because the amount of 
parents and all that we talked about, about how much it just improves riding, your confidence. You may never become a trick rider. That's okay. But just getting on there and experiencing a different side of things and getting comfortable moving around. And then if you ever do get in trouble, you can, you know, you have a better chance on even and saving yourself in situations sure. too. So I hope there's another one. Um, everybody, I yeah, I don't have time to have my own right now, so I keep <laughs> hoping that I can train one. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some of these girls going. But honestly, I've got a really good group of girls here in Montana, a good group of girls here in Helena. I can't believe the interest in this state for the the sport, and I and I I love it. I'm hoping we can start getting some competitions going for the girls. That's kind of my next goal. Um, just to give them somewhere to go, um, mm-hmm. even some doing some showcases and stuff because there's there's a lot of kids in the state and up here that they're working hard and they're trying and my goodness it's it's a tough sport so well we talked about Cody Webster a little bit earlier yeah um, great bullfighter he is there's a lot of great bullfighters out there there's a lot of great bull riders out there that are afraid of horses maybe <laughs> this is what you need to do is get the bullfighters and bull riders as a young age. Get them on these trick riding horses. Get them do some around. tricks because it could help them. You want to know some fun facts? <laughs> yes. Sage Kimsey was a trick rider. Really? Zeke Thurston was a trick rider. Okay, well, they're both pretty good at what they do. Yeah, you know, yeah, two world champions right there, <laughs> yeah. right? And I giggle all the time because even my husband, he'll mess around. And, and that's what we talk about. I, I look, I remember I used to trick ride with Zeke. I well, high school rodeoed with him, too. Right. But, like, I giggle now and seeing him that he's, like, two-time world champion saddle bronc rider. I'm like, yep, see, you know, it, it pays off. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but no, true. it's true. It really is. Um, I giggle because... It is something that I think a lot of people miss when it goes to competing things. Is me and my husband are talking about it too, because my husband used to ride saddle bronc a lot, went up north and um, started out riding for the chuck wagons. But now that COVID and Canada's kind of shut down, he's going to finally get back on broncs again, which I'm super excited about. But um, so we were talking about, you know, I think he's rode so much more in the last six to seven years that we've been together, and especially from being up there in the chuck wagons and stuff. And he's like. His whole perception when it comes to bucking horses now is completely different. And I do believe that it's something that is missed. And I think if you are going to get into anything in rodeo, you just got to get in tune with the animal. You're, it yeah. doesn't matter what you just you have to understand what you're getting on and be in tune with it and feel it jump for jump and be able to stick with it. And that's what we do. I, I feel that horse every stride, every step. I know what they're going to do three strides before they do it because you got to pay attention to it. You got to be, it's kind of whatever you want. It's like be one with them. Right. And it's a hundred percent true because if not, they, um, that's a big animal to work against. It's a big animal. And they're a lot stronger than us. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you come up with new tricks or are you just sticking with the, the good standbys? Because I don't know how much more dangerous you can get. You know, it's one of those things that all my kids try to reinvent the wheel and stuff, and, and you can't. Like, there's some that we've tried to come up with. Um, there's some that are definitely that I've wanted to accomplish. I thought I would have gotten done by this point in my age, but um, I also ride very big, fast horses for my size, so that also limits me. If I kind of got on a horse that was a little bit smaller and slower that, that fit actually fit me, I could do some really cool stuff and stuff that I don't get to perform because when I get on my two fast, big guys, like, they, they're a lot of horse, and so for me to do some of these other tricks, 
all the ones that you see perform, like uh, I Step Out of the Box and Shelby Will, and even Piper, us three Canadians, a lot of the Canadians will, but it, once you get into the vaulting, which is when you're hitting the ground and jumping back on, and then when you get into the different shoulder stands, um, and then those are what they always would call like man tricks, because back in the day, this was a more men did this than mm. females um, because it was a competition sport. It wasn't performance like it's turned into now. Trick riding was a part of it was an it was an event, and um, it was a guy event because it was it, it it was like a competition. Like somebody would go and pull something off, and then the next person would have to do something better, right? Sure. So they invented all these crazy things. If you look in the book, my gosh, they've got like brooms under the tails. Like they used to do some of the most crazy things that I wouldn't even try to um, do nowadays but that was the thing is there are certain tricks because when you get into that you need more strength and guys at the end of the day are naturally stronger than us females and I work out I'm pretty strong for my small size but when you put me up against those horses yeah it limits you a little bit but if I get on my small little buckskin that fits me I can do you'll see me do a lot of different things but it's because yeah it fits me a little bit better if that makes sense Mm mm-hmm um, okay, you hang off the side. You're like perpendicular to the horse. You, yeah. you, the vaulting is awesome, but you do the the around the neck. Under the neck, yes, and you can go under the belly too. And we wait, what? You can. Oh yeah, <laughs> we fooled around with it. Um, we can do it. It's just like another one of those things. You need the right horse. Um, you need one that's not gonna run off like mine. And um. We've had a few that we've we've talked about trying to really get it going, but it's also we I'm so busy. Like I wish I got time to work on myself and practice <laughs> and like I used to, but now every time I get out there and work I'm working with the kids and that's fine because of the basics they keep me fresh, they keep me um they they really do. They keep me in really good shape. But then again for me to go spend an hour in the practice pen for myself doesn't really get to happen as much anymore. So uh, now I guess I'm at the age where I'm gonna probably just stick with what I got. I've I've accomplished I've accomplished two years ago that full shoulder stand, which was a guy's trick, and no girl really no girl performs the true full shoulder stand. And I'm I'll do that this weekend in Red Bluff and stuff. So I've got that one nailed down, and that was a really big accomplishment for me because I've worked for a lot of years to get that that trick. And um, yeah, under the belly was one that's probably I've always will be sitting in the back of my mind like you should have. You should have done it while you while you could have. But then again, my instructor's mom did it when she was in her 40s or 50s at the NFR. So it, it's one of those things. But I also kind of don't know. My husband, he's like, I think, yeah, I don't know. He always tells me that I push my luck enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the NFR, outside of the NFR, what's your favorite rodeo to go to and perform at? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, honestly, Helena was always on the top of my list for a very long time because of this crowd. Uh, I've never, this, this crowd's been electric every single time I've come here. I can run into that arena for that American anthem and, and it's amazing. Um, this one, Nephi has treated me very well. Nephi, Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, kind of a small little rodeo that I didn't really know about, but amazing, amazing people, small town kind of feel, um, There's so many of them. You know, I could go on. Like, I even go back to years. My Some of my favorite ones in Washington. Kennewick, Washington was one of my favorite ones in Washington. Uh, it's kind of crazy looking at how many I've got to do, but 
I would, yeah, one of the my favorite outdoor ones will always be the this one, the Last Chance Stampede. Obviously, Calgary, you've done. No. You've never done Calgary? No. You know what the saddest part is? All my mentors, Nikki, Flund, Nikki Kamart, uh, or Flunger now, and then Jerry Dews, everybody did it, and that's where I used to go every Calgary, watch Nikki and the Chuck Wagons. That was my favorite, and the barrel racing. Those are always, I'd always watch those, and um, they quit using Axe, and um. we tried for years. Piper got in there, I think it was last year or two years ago, and just did the Canadian anthem, one lap with the Canadian flag. That's all she did. Honestly, they haven't had an act there in wow. I don't know how long, and you don't, that's that's hard on me. That's, that's where I grew up. That yeah. was my hometown rodeo. That's the one that's always, you know, and I tried, and I know everyone up. They all know me, but it, it's just something that's not a wow. part of their program. So I was hoping I could maybe get in there before I retire, but I don't know. I my bucket, I I had a bucket list, you know, that I was really determined. And when me and my husband about a couple years ago, I was so determined, just I was not quitting until I got that bucket list down. And now I've just kind of got a whole new appreciation for it. I'm just thankful. Just yeah. thankful of the places that I've been, the places that I've got to go. My goodness, the people that I've met and all of these rodeos, like it, it's connections. Like I look at even Mike Granette here that is the president of this one. He's one of our closest friends. You know, like the friendships, the people that we've met all through the years, it's um, nothing will ever replace that. So I am not... I'm just thankful now every time I get to go to a rodeo, every time I get to see everybody, because especially last year, it's an eye-opener how fast our industry can get taken away from us. And it's one that I'm just super blessed that I've been able to be in and has opened up so many doors, continues to keep opening up doors for me. Well, you've been on the Jason Walker Show twice now. I know. I feel pretty special. (laughs) Um, Okay. A couple of final questions. Yeah. Um, Let's stick with that theme. Cheyenne, have you done Cheyenne? No, um, la- well, 2019 I was supposed to, but we kind of got overbooked. Um, Jessica Blair, she came with me here, I think, in 2017. Okay. She had that contract. And I do things a little different than a lot of the people in this industry. Is I ride with kind of whoever. If you want if you want me to trick ride, I'll come. And I'm one that I've never really stuck with a group. I ride with Piper. I ride with Shelby. But I'll also ride with whoever will kind of call me. Um, I, I just love to trick ride. So if you if there's if I'm going to make money and go, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. So. Jessica and I have been riding together, I think, since 2012. And so she, Roman rides, and I was supposed to go with her um, in 2019, and it didn't work. And then she had a three-year contract. Well, then it's just kind of unraveled. And then it's one of those things that I haven't got there yet, and it was on it was on my radar, and now I don't know if it's going to happen. And, and that's okay. I, I wish I could, daddy of them all, but I'm really glad that my, my best friend Jessica got to go there because oh, yeah. at least one of us can say that we've done it. So. Right. Yeah. You mentioned you're from Alberta. Now, yes. Butch Knowles, whenever I watch him on TV, says Calgary. Is <laughs> Calgary. It, is it Calgary or Calgary? I say Calgary. And you're from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't know. Everybody makes fun of me because I went to Texas for so long, and then I had to learn. I had to pronounce things so different when I went down there because they didn't know, like, decals and decals. Wait, you say de- decals? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how we say it in Canada. It's a decal. But no, it's a decal. decal. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So now I don't know because then I'll even, I'll talk to my mom and I'll listen to some how she pronounced things and I giggle because I'm like, man, 
I don't pronounce it like that anymore, but I used to. So honestly, I'm a terrible probably person to ask, but I'll ask my mom. I'll just ask her to pronounce it to me, and then I'll see what she says. Okay. Yeah, because I've heard it both know. ways. I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard it both ways from Canadians too, so I think it's kind of just okay. how I got much in of trouble an at the radio got. station. Did you two years ago? Because I always would say Calgary, and I'm like, well, it's like Wilsal over in the. Par- <laughs> it's not Wilsaw. It's named literally after Willie and Sally that filmed. Or- oh, see, I get. That. I would have got that one wrong every time. Wilsal. I would say yeah. I say I don't I don't say Will it that yeah. You say Will <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's Will Sal. Um, so uh, okay. So I won't feel bad for saying Calgary. No, that's how I would produce. That's how I yeah. Okay. What other words do you have troubles with? Oh, Besides no. out and about, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were so many. Oh, aunt, aunt, and aunt. Well, that's just a. I mean, that's that just, was one thing. That's a. I think that's a personal preference. Yeah, yeah, I got. I don't remember. It was so many years. Or, or or status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say aunt. Well, I think. Oh, pasta, pasta, and pasta. Oh, okay. We say our a's a lot more uh, pronounced. I think too. Okay. I don't know. I just remember when I was in Texas and. Uh, Keegan brought me home for the first time and (laughs) you know you go to a West Texas family and here's Keegan like West Texas family love them to pieces but they're that's born and raised never left you know and um, here's Keegan brings home this Canadian and um, (laughs) oh they had so much fun with me and how I used to talk because like I had only been down in Texas for probably about two years when Keegan and I no, three years, and Keegan and I really started, no, yeah, three, four years, Keegan and I really started dating, so I still had a pretty good Canadian accent, but when I got around his dad, oh my gosh, it'd be every other word, and he'd just start laughing, and I'm like, why are you laughing, and then Keegan would tell me, I'm like, oh my gosh, so I honestly, and then when I would go to Alberta, they would get mad at me, because like, well, you sound like a Texan, and I'm like, well, if I sound like an Albertan in Texas, they can't understand me. <laughs> yeah, you do so, have a different language up there. You know, we do like um even poor keegan when he went home to alberta with me a few times he can't order sprite they he says sprite or see i can't even i can't even say it how he says it but it to the canadians they cannot understand his texas that texas accent and uh it was i think he's worse than me because he went on the he went on the chuck wagon circuit so then he started talking canadian to kind of make fun of him a little bit, but then uh, everybody called him a Canadian Texan, like because he had this funky accent where he had both of them mixed <laughs> together. And then last summer when the Chuck Wagons kind of quit, they still went on the Indian reservations and did some races on the Indian res. So he spent some time up there, and then he came back with a whole other accent. Oh yeah, you spent some time <laughs> near the res. You 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 pick it up. Oh, and he and they called him Champ. I think was his nickname because he was the Texas Champ that came up there. It was so funny. But he has now turned into a. He loves it. He loves the Canadian. So he he is a straight Canadian now. There's no Texas accent left. And I giggle and I said, you know. I did move to Texas to marry a Texan for reason. And, you know, the accent was kind of a bonus. And then we moved to Canada, and then that gone. The accent's gone. We go straight Canadian. So. you got to spend some time uh, back down in Texas to, to get, bring it back. Because if you spend any time down south, 
It doesn't take long. No, because I was in North Carolina for like four days, and I came back talking like North Carolina. Well, it's easy. It's easy to do, but it was funny because like every time he would do radio or TV interviews and stuff, um, all of his Texas family would <laughs> messaging him like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> Who are you? And then even his dad one time is like, "Remember where you came from?" <laughs> like, that is funny. Bring that accent because it was it really did when he because. They all they all mess around up there and joke around and talk funny. So they start. Oh my gosh, he was worse than an act. Yeah, he was a straight true Canadian. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I'd love. Okay, I got to get both of you guys in next time. Yeah, he'll enjoy. He's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he he scares me. So because he just well he scares me. <laughs> he scares you. Yeah. Every time I see him in Helena, he just scares me. So we'll have to we'll have to change that. He always but says that. He said, I don't too. know why people think that I'm scary because he's really not. But I said, it's the mug. It's the mug look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. You can check her out on Facebook, Madison McDonald Thomas, or Magic in Motion Trick Writing um, Facebook page. And I don't know why we didn't show on Facebook today, but we'll get that fixed. It'll be on the JasonWalkerShow.com. I'll tag Madison. All right. So you're heading. you got Helena tomorrow. You head to Malta on Saturday, and then you go to California for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Or we back here Monday, and then California. Yes, we'll head out um, Tuesday morning for Red Bluff and Clovis. Okay. So, pretty crazy to think we're actually rodeoing, but I know. How it's cool awesome. Is that, I know. I'm, I'm really excited, and especially looking at almost a full calendar of shows. That's, uh, yeah, big blessing this year. So. Hey, we've got a whole bunch of uh, Montanans and friends of rodeo down in uh, Kissimmee this weekend with the we do. Ram Finals. So. Yeah. Have you have you performed there? I did, um, but not in Kissimmee. Kissimmee. Okay. I did it in when I was in Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. Um, Man, you are old. Yeah, I'm feeling like it. You know, I was even told all my students the other day, I said, you guys do realize I am turning, like, into the grandma of the trick riding industry here pretty soon. Like, y'all have to start stepping up a little bit. Um, no, there's a bunch of rodeos. Uh, I know Ty Erickson's headed to San Angelo this weekend in Texas, so that's gone on, and then we'll meet up together in Red Bluff. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's Florida's going, and even, like, we were talking a little while ago, Oregon just had yep. their first rodeo, so... Um, yeah, and Montana seems like it's going full steam ahead, too, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you brought up something. Oh, I'm working with announcers. Oh. Because you have to, right? I, I love mean, them. Or you just yeah. give them the script. Who's your favorite announcer? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot with that. And I've got I some can't. good friends and, and announcers. I know. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've got a favorite one. Honestly, um, I really, I'm just, I love all of them. I've got such a good friendship with all, all of them. Well, shoot, they, like I've said, I've grown up in the industry, yeah. so I feel like they've all kind of seen me growing up through the years. Um, uh, Will Rasmussen. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of my favorites. I, I don't even know how many times he's announced me. Wayne Brooks, though, he's been with me through thick and thin. Uh, Wayne Brooks has been by my side through everything. And same with Bob Tallman. Um, those two, like Bob was there when I first did Fort Worth and first did the NFR. So he was there right when I like really started. Yeah. But honestly, like I, I know almost all of them and they're all, we have a really good friendship with all. And that's what I always say about our rodeo industry. I think, um, it's, it's not even an industry. It's a family. Yeah. Um, it's a hundred percent a family. Uh, we just lost a really good bullfighter a couple weeks ago and it, it tore up our industry and it, it's pretty crazy how, how close and intertwined we really are. Uh, you know, we can be from 
across the country from each other where we grew up, but when we get on the road and you get to a rodeo, it don't matter where you're from. You're there to rodeo. You're there. You have each other's backs. Mm. And um, there's nothing like it, and I think that's why I've stuck in it for this long. And me and my husband talk about it, too. And, uh, you know, it's it's I, I just look at the people. Oh, my gosh, the people that we know. So sure. it, it's it's pretty crazy. It's, and it's an awesome industry to be a part of. I, I love being a part of the family, even though I don't really get to travel and, and do any of that stuff. But between northern rodeos in Montana and the PRCA stuff, I love it. And uh, Oh, and we're all interconnected. Yes, yes. <laughs> we all oh, know each other. Absolutely. <laughs> we I all mean, have a story about each other, too. <laughs> and it's crazy, too, because, you know, I wanted to interview a little a little girl who trick rides, and I meet you, and now here we are. And yeah. You're going to be wearing my shirt everything. in Texas somewhere or I California. <laughs> i got to get your husband wanted. And maybe that's why he won't scare me if I give him a shirt. No, you'll have to come in. Yeah. You'll have to come in. You'll have to, yeah. yeah. Ask him about all of his crazy uh, Chuck wagging experiences for and, sure because that's a different thing that's just you know what i'm very it was amazing he went up there um he won calgary he won um strathmore he won high river that year he won everything and then at the end of the season um an outriding horse fell on him on the top barrel and ripped his shoulder out and then we had to have shoulder surgery in 19 which put him out of the season and then he went back rearing to go for last year and then COVID hit and then um now it doesn't look like he's been talking. Doesn't really look like the wagons are going to go up there again. Maybe a couple of shows, but not enough for him to even, you know, go back at. So now he's got a new shoulder. He's in shape and he's feeling good. And so I think he's going to go back and get on some more bucking horses nice. and um, at least try to give that a roll because it's one of those things when we're in this industry, it's hard to not be a part of it. And yeah, I'm like, well, you went and I'm proud of him. We got a Calgary bronze. We got, I'm like, you got a Calgary buckle. I said, that is pretty cool, especially for me growing up watching the Chuck Wagon. jealous? Yes. <laughs> but you know what? Some Texan comes up and takes your he buckle. He is more famous in Canada than I am. I have a, They don't know me. They don't claim me. The Americans claim me. Like, I giggle all the time. I'm like, I'm actually, but, but nobody, because I, I don't know if I, I just like came down here and right. I really, um, Americans have always taken me in. They took me under my wing, but I giggle because we'll go up to Alberta and everybody knows Keegan because he was the Texan that came up there and he broke all the records. He, um, did thing that something that no other American ever did. No other American has ever gone into that chuck wagon community and won everything mm. and kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of freaked him out for a little bit. He didn't have a lot of friends at the start, but by the end of the season, he did. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. You performed there. No, uh, Saskatoon um, performed there. So a you lot. say it American wise, Saskatoon. I've heard it like Sus- the Canadian. The Canadian way, you guys say that, well, the O's. Oh, yes. <laughs> Toontown. Because I've, <laughs> I've seen Mystery Alaska, which has okay. nothing to do with Canada. Never mind. You guys just speak weird. We do. Yeah. I'm honest. It's, it's okay, because I've been down. I've had, like I said, I had to change. You my, don't have to. Don't be just. Well, I know, but then you get. You. Oh, yeah. Then it just becomes. We have to <laughs> explain a lot. And then it's just easier just to not explain. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I wish you the best of success this summer. And uh, I'll be in contact, of course. I was joking all week. I'm like, I don't know if we can perform in the studio. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We'll have to do something. Hopefully. Um, actually, one of my students booked uh, the East Helena Rodeo this year. Nice. So if. Um, if I don't get booked up that weekend, I might zip over there and hang out and help her out with one night. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm hoping to get some more events going, so we'll definitely keep in touch. Yes, definitely. Madison McDonald-Thomas, Magic in Motion Trick Riding. 
Um, you're going to have to stay here until I, I wrap up. That's okay. We'll have Lachlan on next week because, well, Madison was fun. So we'll just uh, keep her here while we wrap up the show. Let's, uh, that's what she said, by the way, brought to you by Dinner's Done Right. Make sure you stop in at Dinner's Done Right for all of your fantastic uh, to-go foods. This would be great. Dinner's Done Right would be great for traveling uh, rodeo acts because you can put it in the freezer in the, and I'm sure you have the sleeping quarters, mm-hmm. so you yep. can just uh, you got little you know take a couple of these on the road. You thaw that them out, you handy. cook them up. Just saying. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. Dinner's done right on uh, uh, in on Cedar and Helena. All right, um, I wanted to, real quick to get to the Jack Hanna news because his family announced today that he has Alzheimer's, and uh, Jack Hanna, one of the best guys out there, I met him a couple times, got to hang out with him in Great Falls. Um, fantastic dude. We wish him and his family the best. We'll talk more about it um, next week. Also, next week we'll talk about the NCAA screwing up again because they have no announcing crews for the first two rounds at the NCAA Women's Volleyball National Championships. Because, hey, why would you send announcing crews to promote women? I mean, that makes all the not sense. Thanks, NCAA. All right, let's do uh, On This Day in History. is brought to you by Big Sky Print, where we print what you wear it is uh, April 8th, uh, Empanada Day. Do you like empanadas? They have them Empa- at dinner's done right. I don't even know if I've had... Which... It's, like a, it's like food inside of a bread, like a pasty almost. Nope, no, I don't think I've ever ate one. Okay. I'm going to have to try this. <laughs> Look at that. Look, learn something new today. Empanadas over at um, dinner's done right. There you go. There you go. Um, it is Zoo Lover's Day, speaking of Jack Hanna. Uh, the second Augusta National Tournament, which became the Masters, Gene Sarazen won on this date in 1935. Joe Lewis, in his fourth title defense in nine weeks in 1941, uh, beat Tony Musto. The 54th Masters in 1990, Nick Faldo goes back-to-back. Uh, jockey Bill Shoemaker paralyzed in a car accident in this date in 1991. Kent Merker pitched no-hitter in 1994 for Atlanta. Uh, let's see. UConn women beat Tennessee in 2003 and 2008. Tennessee women go back-to-back. They beat uh, Stanford. Uh, let's see. Bubba Watson won the Masters on this date in 2012. There were some other basketball games, and other people won tournaments. It is Sonia Henney's birthday today. The uh, famed Norwegian figure skater won three Olympic golds. John Havlicek, Gary Carter, born on this date. Uh, Kofi Annan, the former Secretary General of the UN, who my dad sold a fishing license to once. John Schneider, Bismarcky, you say he's just a friend. It is Chris Kyle's birthday today, the American sniper. So we wish him a happy birthday. Um, there you go. That is, uh, that is it for that. All right, let's do the walk-off. We're almost at We're the, almost end, of the, the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. All right. Um, we're just going to talk about a lot of stuff next week. It was so much fun having Madison in studio. So we're going to we're gonna just put this up on jasonwalkershow.com. Thanks for joining us for the full hour. It was so much fun to have her. Um, she's a great trick writer. Go to her Facebook page. You'll see some great stuff. And learn how to take some lessons. And uh, magic in motion trick writing. It's so awesome. If you haven't seen it, just Google it. <laughs> or Facebook it. If Facebook works today, I have no idea. Um, but thanks for coming in. Tell your husband hi. And before you, uh, when I walk you out, I'll get him a T-shirt too. And by the way, nobody answered the trivia question right yesterday. So nobody wanted a T-shirt. The guy that was red flagged or red tagged in Major League and got kicked out of spring training was Gentry. That was his name, Gentry. Nobody got it right. 
Who's not seen Major League? <laughs> ah, killing me here. All right. Um, hope you had a good one. We're off tomorrow. We're going to be off a lot of Fridays this year. It's going to be nice, so we'll be on the golf course. But we're back Monday. We'll talk Raleigh, Worcester. We'll talk NCAA. We'll talk weekend auto contest performance of the week. We'll do it all. Hope you have a great weekend. Be safe with whatever you do, and we'll see you on Monday. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.